You're listening to Spraymakers, the podcast where Chris Rossi and Trent Finlayson dive deep into the world of slalom. This week, the guys do a bit of housekeeping, a general conversation over a plethora of topics, touching on short memories, adaptability, and line tension. They go over a few essentials to focus on that will help you finish the season strong. We all we all strive for having a perfect pass. I mean, that is that's what we're always going for. But I mean, if you really break down any pass, there's you have multiple errors going through it, and they're cumulative and they're and they they add up to hopefully just a little bit of a detour from the ideal line. But ultimately, you know, there you're going to come to a place where you you make a significant error at a turn or, or, enter, you know, behind the boat or any of that. And, and the term short memory means you got to let go of what just happened and you got to start to focus on what do I need to be doing right now in this moment to best set myself up for the rest of my past that I'm skiing. And I just see so many people get caught up like, oh, I screwed up one ball. I better hail Mary too, or I'm, I'm not going to be getting it done. Yeah. And to me, that's not that that's continuing the, the memory that you just had that you that you didn't have an ideal one and that you're going to go to two and you're going to try to do what I want you to do is forget about what just happened. You can't change that. And so what can you do right in that millisecond, that moment? What are your best moves to be able to set yourself up for success i.e. I blew one ball. I'm, I'm down course out of one. I'm coming hot into two. Am I going to hail Mary two and try to turn backside buoy or am I going to adjust? We talked about this in, I think the previous episode, like, am I going to, or am I going to shift my, shift my turn 10 feet down course? Like how bad was my one? Am I going to have to shift to 15 feet down course to be able to have a tightrope turn and be able to accelerate out of that buoy? So anyway, the, the idea is that we make so many mistakes in a, in a pass, and some of them are, are larger than others, but I think the idea is to, to always have the shortest memory possible and move on and just think about what is it that I can do right now? And, you know, yeah. when you think about that, Trent, how does that, uh, is that something that maybe subconsciously you already do or, or, or are there, there yeah. moments that you, you focus on? Well, so it is, um, you know, and it is often, especially in tournaments, it's a reminder of, you know, before I, you know, one of the last thoughts before, before the the rope pulls tight is, is just one buoy at a time. And that's like, that's like one of those old adages. I, I just, you know, I heard it when I was a kid without really appreciating it. And it is exactly that is one buoy, one moment, one space you know, one spot, once one, one space at a time, like one movement at a time and, and not letting, not letting, um, emotions and, and stress get in, get in the way of what those movements need to be. And, and it's, it kind of touches on to, you know, um, one of our recurring themes of the season was, was best available line being, you know, recognizing and adhering to, the best line that you have left after a mistake. Um, one of, one of the ladies I, I, I get to coach a lot. She, she talks about skiing, skiing the rope. Um, meaning, you know, if she's on a, she's taking less angle into the wakes than, than, than ideal, she's not going to allow herself ideally to, to try and backside the buoy. If her trajectory is sending her on a, on a, on a path that is going to have the apex 10 feet after the buoy. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's really about being adaptable. It's, it's, you know, um, 
Well, or or contrarily, this is one that comes up a lot for me. If I get more angle than I than I want, more grip, more you know, more swing into the first wake, well, I I know I'm going to get to the to the wake center line in less down course space than I'm accustomed to. So, you know, so now, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to move into, into that sequence of, of reach and turn in the same, you know, the same amount of time I'm going to have to, again, I'm going to have to stay on the handle and take that extra speed and swing up even higher on the boat than usual. So it goes both ways. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's being adaptable when things go wrong or, or the rare time where they actually go better than you're used to. I really like the you know, a couple of terms in there. Adaptable, I think, is something that we all need to uh, refine our skills to be able to do. And best available line. I mean that that yeah. is what I'm. I I I just have this without really. I mean, I am very conscious of it. But when, while I'm skiing, I can feel where I am in relation to the boat, meaning yeah. how, how are me, how are the rope and I working together? How are the boat and I working together? Yeah. However you want to talk about that. You know, if you, if you, oh, let's go to a typical, typical over, overdo my gate. You know, I'm got, got, I got ramped up. I dropped into great angle, but I decided I was going to pull the boat you know, somewhat backwards and create tons yeah. of space before buoy one. And then I, you know, I go to come up out of my, my, into my edge change and I can feel myself just getting ripped up into the inside. And now I'm, I'm just kind of straight lining, hauling butt towards the buoy. And I'm like, well, this isn't ideal, you know? So then it's, it's like, can I adapt to this line and can I adjust my future line so that I can come out of this the best in the best possible scenario? So what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to stand up and stand really tall. I'm going to move my apex or, you know, that place where I choose to, I don't know. I think a lot of people would call that my turn button. Like, where am I going to, yeah. where am I going to drop into it? Where am I going to connect? You know, that's the kind of thing where, okay, I got to, I got to shift that down course. Did I just get pulled up a little bit? So is it going to be a three foot down course from the buoy or did I get just raked to the inside and now I'm just hauling and I'm barely getting outside of buoy one still with my ski headed outward. And now yeah. I'm going to have to really shift my, you know, shift my, my new apex or my new go point 15 feet past the buoy. Because if I turn anywhere before that, I'm turning into slack. I'm, I'm rocking back. I'm getting a huge slack hit and now I got a slack hit. And now guess what? I'm going slower than I could have been had I just shifted down course. So that, that is, that's, and you know, that's why we've, we've gone to great lengths talking about your relationship with the boat. So like, like in that scenario that you're talking about, what's, what's really happening is, is you've, it's a loss of direction. So you're going to be taking a, instead of a, a really wide arcing high swinging path before the buoy, you're going to be going on more of a straight line. And you know, the shortest distance between A and B is a straight line. So, so what, what is really happening is by the time you get to the buoy, you're likely still going faster than the boat and you can't change directions. You can't start coming in if you're going faster than the boat, because exactly like you said, obviously the line's going to go loose. So, so now your new goal, or, or it's not even your new goal, but but it's just you're you're not going to be able to let the 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 buoy is not going to is no longer going to dictate the turn point. It, it like always it has to be your speed. Um, so it's exactly that, and and, it, and it's 
you know, it happens so quick, but that's, you know, it's, it's, you can even let go of, is it five feet after the buoy? Is it 10 feet after the buoy? If you really are just really cognizant of, okay, where am I? Am I still swinging up on the boat or am I approaching that pause, which is my apex or that moment that I've slowed down to match the boat speed and, and trying to turn before that moment is, like you said, is always going to result in slack. Um, you would term something earlier that, that stuck with me and I share with a lot of people I, I ski with, you know, if you have this bad one ball, our, our instinct is, okay, I'm going to do whatever it takes at two to be early again at three. But maybe, you know, maybe it should be, okay, I'm going to chip away and, and, and slowly repair this line. And hopefully I can be early again by five ball. Don't, you know, you, you can't make up a whole pass in, in one turn. Um, but by slowly repairing that line, you can make up a pass in, the, you know, in the following four turns. Exactly, dude. That that was that's that's a phenomenal uh, statement. Uh, what just popped in my head was golf, right? You're sitting yeah. on you're sitting on the first tee box, and you know, let's say it's a professional golfer. He's got people all around, and shanks the first one. Okay, so out of bounds, got to rehit off the tee. You already know you're you're way behind where you want to be. And <laughs> are you going to try to hit the ball as hard as you can again, with the chance of shanking again? Or are you going to slowly chip away? Right. Like, no, that's don't, not bad. Right. That's not, that is, that's really, really good. Yeah. Go ahead. That's, I mean, that's like that, that's what popped in my head. Like you can't, you can't, it's like, or, you know, the, well, yeah, the, it's exactly it, that. Like the first one's man, I hit this into the rough. Well, I don't need to get to the green from here. It's a par five. You know, mm -hmm. I need to just, I'm going to make a conservative shot here. I'm going to make a good shot here, a decent shot there. That's really, really cool. I, I'd never thought of it quite like that. And it's like, it is that you've, you've got the whole pass, right? So you, you don't need to fix all your wrongs on the very next buoy. How think of your percentages of a Hail Mary. You just look at it in football, a Hail Mary percentage. You Hail Mary because you got, you have very little opportunity or time left and so you yeah. Hail Mary. Well, I, I guarantee there's a stat out there uh, how many times Hail Marys work, but it's got to be super low. So to base your to base your pass on a super low odd does not make sense. That's not something that I'm willing to do. I mean, and and we you and I, Trent, had to learn it the hard way. You've you know, you show yeah. up in China, you have no practice and you blow a buoy one at a, at a, you know, let's say a 38 off, like you don't want to go over and hail Mary two and blow out. And your, your whole trip is done before you even <laughs> got going. And how many I times like did you, were, you do that? I feel like you were taking notes on, on what happened to me at the Oh five world championships. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. Dude, you just get, I just like, I'm doing my mouth a little bit. <laughs> that was the worst. Yeah. Oh dude. I mean, you know, it's funny. I was I was actually thinking about the World Cup China, not the world's China. But, yeah. You know, actually, both both of those events that I've skied in China were terrifying events. I mean, the the world's event that you're talking about, I watched guys, you know, I don't yeah. know, I had a pretty high, I had a pretty high seat in that. And uh, I watched guys go out and run 39. And I'm like, oh, it looks I mean, it's been rolly all week. This looks insane out there. And then guys are running 39. And you know, I see, I think Willie got a three at 41 or something. And, and then, yeah. so I was fired up to go out there and I pull out from my gates at 32 off and my skis bouncing and I pull in <laughs> and I go to buoy one and it, it goes flying by and I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm, and I look over and buoy two is like, it's too far to my left. 
you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm way down course. Like, get going, get going. You know, like anyway, I ended up skiing fairly well in that event. You skied really well. There. I, I have no idea how, but uh, <laughs> it it was it was literally an experience. So, but anyway, the point is, we you know, you and I have had a lot of this experience where you've got not only do you have a, a tournament result on the line, you've got you've got huge travel. You've got so basically your high your high stakes betting. And, and I, I mean, that's just kind of the way I look at some of these events. And so if you're going to do that, you're not going to eat the Hail Mary is like absolute last worst case scenario, pulling all the way to six to try to get that quarter or whatever it is. But man, if I can get around two, I don't want to Hail Mary two And then, you know, just be, you know, a hope and a pray to get to three. Like we got to figure out how to put ourselves in positions to be successful. And that's what I think successful people do, whether it's, whether it's in sport or business or whatever is. Yeah, that's a good point. Probably subconsciously understanding odds of, of what they're doing in the moment, you know? And I think it's really, I think it's really important. And that would be a nice, that would be a nice um, level of calm to take into a pass knowing that, you know, three, you know, or, or, or let's just say four decent turns will, will outweigh one, terrible turn yep you know yep. where one terrible turn you know you, you don't need you don't need an amazing turn just go ahead and get three or four decent turns and you're probably going to be okay um so it, let's go nuts and bolts on that then let's just say you know you you ha- you um overshot your gate so which is we know we're going to call that is actually like a subsequent loss of direction more of a straighter line into one what, what are your nuts and bolts then like what what's what are your moves you know, like you're getting kind of separated through the edge change. You know, you're tipping inside. You know, you're going to have that hot at one feeling that, you know, people talk about so much. What, What's your nuts and bolts then to to have, you know, ski with that short memory? The short memory would be right there in that moment. I know I have some go-tos that I like to do. One being understand where I am in relation to the rope. We've talked about that before. Not in okay. relation to the buoy. Obviously, I got to make sure I'm going to get around the buoy. But if I know that I'm going to get outside of the buoy, then I just immediately shift that buoy out of my conscious, like, cause I'm not going to be able to turn right there. And then I'm, I'm going faster. My rate of travel at the buoy is, mm-hmm. is higher than I want. Mm-hmm. So my gut instinct, and this is something that's so crazy about slalom is that slalom water skiing for me is so counterintuitive that you just have to have game plans in place so that you know when you hit these moments, you don't go with your intuition. Because my intuition would be I'm hauling, but I'm going to stay low and squatted on my ski because I'm vulnerable here. And really what I'm doing in that moment is exactly the opposite. I'm understanding where the rope is. I'm going to control my line. Um, I'm going to hold on to that handle until I'm closer to that buoy line, even though Mm -hmm. I'm going straighter at the buoy so that I'm in somewhat control. And when I let go of that outside hand, I'm really going to focus on still extending really tall and getting away from that handle and really trying to be the idea would be like the plumb bob on the end of the line, right? Like I want to be the weight on the end of the line, even though I'm traveling in a direction that is not optimal. And I'm really going to extend tall and just try to get away from that handle so that I'm, I get to my apex where I can actually feel the lines tight 
and I can make a turn. And if that, if that needs, and I'm just going to keep standing up and standing up and standing taller and skiing away from that handle until that moment happens. And that's that moment I was explaining earlier. And you and I always are alluding to that's the turn moment. That's the, I shifted my moment down course. And then from there, I'm going to work on, no, I'm not going to hail Mary this. I'm going to keep my inside shoulder up. I'm going to, you know, fall into my handle. I'm going to work on getting into my stack. And right to me, the most important thing is when you screw up a turn is to understand that when you hit your stacked point. And to me, that's the point at which you can accelerate. So that yeah. means you've got, you're all lined up in relation to the bow and the rope is tight and you're starting to go from wherever you hook up right there to the first wake for me is my power zone. It's my work zone. So if I screw up a turn, I'm going to finish, I'm going to hook up later and closer to the wake. And, uh, my work zone, you know, I got some quotations there. My work zone is shorter. So I'm going to need to go from my turn to my, whatever, most powerful lean or whatever you the most amount of lean or whatever you Mm want to call it at the first wake, that zone's smaller. So I'm going to have to get that done quicker. I cannot just shift like, oh, I finished late and now I'm hooking up. So I'm just going to pull long and that's going to get, no, that's not going to work. So I'd have to get back into the ideal rhythm. I need to get closer to my ideal rhythm just because I screwed up my first swing. Doesn't mean I'm going to screw up the next one and the next one. And then I'm not going to perpetuate that kind of cycle. So I don't know if I did a very good job of, 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 no, that's, it, I, I just think you, yeah, you need a strategy and, 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 and that is it. It's, it, I think it's too often. We just don't recognize what truly has happened, you know? Um, and again, it's a, that, that straighter line that you're on. If you think, <clears throat> excuse me, simplest sense, because you're, you're, you're taking a straighter line, less of a swing, less of an arc, it's a shorter path. So that just means you will have decelerated less. Yep. So when you get, when you're, we'll just say when the, when your front foot gets to the binding, you're going to be going faster than ideal or faster than typical. So you've got to use that space somehow. So that, you know, for me, it's, a, it's the same move. It's probably the, the rare time that I really think about actively, actively counter rotating because, you know, everything's kind of getting pulled in. So like you said, I'm going to hold on extra tight with the handle a fraction of a second longer to try and, um, you know, mitigate that, that inside tip that's happening or, or getting lean to the inside. And then I'm going to decidedly plant on my front foot, stand up, counter rotate. So I can feel that tight rope because it's, it's that line tension for me. It's that line tension that, that is giving me the information, um, whether I am, am I swinging up on the boat or have I stalled at the top, meaning I've slowed down enough to meet the, the the boat speed? And if I don't have that information coming from the pylon, if I don't have that tight line, I don't really know where I am. And I, I, I call it like free falling. If, I, if I'm free falling into a turn, not only do I not have support of the rope, um, I don't know where I am. That That tactile information, that you know, that tight line, when I can feel that tight rope, I can feel whether I'm, ad- well, whether I'm advancing on the boat, whether I've stalled or whether the boat is now in turn advancing on me. And that's, that's my moment to be turning. Um, you've that's got to an find unbelievable, that type. dude. That's an unbelievable, uh, uh, way to say it because that's what I, that's actually what I call when people 
fall into slack or turn into that's like the bad slack right like where you yeah. turn like you're you're just best guess like I'm, I'm i'm beyond the buoy i have no idea where the rope's coming tight and i'm just gonna hammer a turn and hope i mean that's yeah and it might not even be hammer or turn. Like if you don't get to that place where you can feel the rope before you drop into your turn, you're guessing. Obviously, yeah. you and I are pros. We've gotten, you know, we we were really good at it before we learned our line line tension uh, concepts. But at the same token, like if you're falling into that kind of slack, you're going to take these hits that are completely unnecessary. And every time you take a hit, what's happening? You're, you're decelerating so much that that's what the hit is, is that you're decelerating to hit the boat that's accelerating. So you're yeah. getting this crazy smash. And anytime you crash, think about if you're on a swing set, right? If you overswing on the, on where you're kicking your feet and going up on that side, if you overswing up there or you don't do it right, you kick in the wrong spot, you end up falling down crashing yeah, yeah. onto the crashing onto the swing the chains the rope whatever you're on and then what is your subsequent um swing height on the other side it's not as high it's diminished yeah for sure or it's yeah. going to be just as high but it's going to crash down again <laughs> and are you really going to want to just keep swinging on this crashing line i mean even kids know not to you know not to do that but yet when we have buoys in front of us we have a lot of, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's some listeners here that they crash down onto the onto the swing at every buoy, you know. And so what we're trying to do here at Spray Makers and what you and I, you know, in our personal coaching and in our diff different avenues is trying to get people to yeah. understand these lines, you know. You can't accelerate if you don't have the line. If you crash onto the line, you've decelerated even more. So now you have to, in this shorter period of time, you still have to work on getting up to that same max speed. Yeah, exactly. Because buoy, because yes, because because I mean, buoy width, getting around the buoys is dependent upon upward swing on the boat. So yeah, some like you said, you're, you've got less space and less space and less space to try and create the same amount of speed or more because you know the the the, the lower one swing is, the more speed you're going to need to to try and fix it and and get up to that ideal swing height on the next one. Um, and yeah. it is, it, it's a, it's a hard line to get off of those again, especially if, if, if you are hyper-focused on backsiding the buoys, which is obviously, you know, obviously the tighter that turn can be to the ball, the better, but if you're not on a line to facilitate that, um, you know, putting on the brakes, jumping on the back of your ski, wheeling to try and slow down and backside the buoy is, is, is not your best avenue to, to get out of that, that, or to, or to get off that, um, negative line. What if you slam a buoy? Is that good? Well, no. it's, it's good. That, that's a, like, that's our Hail Mary, right? That's a Hail Mary. And if you, if you're, if you slam at every offside turn, it's a, it's a version of a Hail Mary every time. Yeah. And so. And there's a time and place. There is a place for it, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's at two buoy if you really only need to get three or it's at five buoy if obviously you're just trying to get to six, but you know, a, a mistake, a small mistake early in the course, it's, you need to control that urge to, to try and make it all up on the next turn. How many, how many, how many top pros, men or women slam dunk at this point? Uh, I mean, it's, I mean, zero, it's basically it? zero, you know, yeah. you can watch, you can watch, you know, someone like Regina, um, who will, 
you know, there's that, you know, we, and most, a lot of our listeners will have seen that clip of her running 39 with four or five wheelies. Um, and again, that's obviously, you know, it's not by design. It, it's, it's trying to force an issue that probably didn't need to be forced, but, but no, the, you know, that, that slam dunk of the nineties, um, 100% gone. Gone. And then, you know, one of the things that Trent and I, you know, hammer and hammer and hammer is if you start on a good line, it's real. It's so much easier to stay on a good line than it is yeah. to. And that's why we talk about gates. I'll go right to the punchline. That's why gates yeah. are so important. You know, like if you can get on the good line to start, it's really helpful. I mean, I think there there is merit to. You know, I've seen guys, I've seen in Andy Mapple's video, you know, where he did the no gate. I've heard that, you know, Will Asher says doesn't really matter about your gates. I mean, he's a righty and he's wicked good at gates. So, yeah, if he's narrow and he turns in, he's still going to get a pretty darn good gate, even when yeah. it's bad. But ultimately, that's, that's I mean, like that's like that's like me saying it's not that it's not that important to be tall. It's like, well, yeah, but you're tall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, ask Terry Winter if he'd like, you know, another six inches. I bet he would. But uh, so, you know, if you can start on a good line, it's a lot easier to stay on a good line than to start on a, on a minimal line and try to manage it. I mean, it's just not, it's not very fun, but it is something that we all do. Um, you know, and it's, it's reality. So anyway, you know, I think this ties really good and really well into our, our previous episode about Slack that we, I think we left some doors open. And I think this actually is a, is a really good continuation of that, of that episode. So if you didn't listen to the last one, you should go back and, and realize these tie in really nicely. And it's, and it's, and it's, and then again, cause it's, 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 we've expanded on it. It's, it's understanding exactly what that is, you know, and again, so much of this is about your relationship with the boat, you know, for you to get, for you to get, you know, high enough on the boat to get around the buoy, especially as the line gets shorter, you need to, you need to be going faster than the boat, but you need to be able to ride that swing until you've slowed down enough that the boat is now going faster than you. You know, and again, that's where that's where slack is going to come from. It's it's going to come from being inside the line, or or you know, not running that that full swing, or it's going to be you trying to change directions and start coming back in before the boat has before you've slowed down enough that the boat's actually going a little bit faster than you are. What an awesome way to way to, to bring it all together, Trent. Ah. Um, and then the, so from there, Rossi, the other thing that you you had you had brushed on. Uh, before we we got going was was and this kind of this is in keeping with you know short term memory if you will it's it's how to focus on or stay focused on on the on the on the on the details or the process instead of the the you know the big picture items yeah oh for sure oh, i'm i'm reading this book right now called atomic habits and uh what an awesome read i'm not done so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go into it but i while i'm reading the book i'm I'm thinking to myself there are aspects of this that i didn't know i was highlighting and and one of them you know one of those thoughts is if you can improve one percent a day for 365 days what percentage better are you right like it's Hmm. an insane amount so even though one percent does not feel like much when you do it if you, if you add it in every day, 1% can make a big difference. And whether you look at it in the, uh, as you're training 
on the water, you know, like, how can I get, you know, what, what am I working on today? I mean, that's why Trent, you and I talk a lot about having a game plan, right? Like we don't just go ski. Like that is never the case. Those are my least favorite sets I have in a year does not mean that I'm not having fun, but I always have uh, a game plan before I go out there. And, uh, you know, what's the 1% that you're doing to make your skiing better every day. And I think that, I think that's a really cool topic and, you know, yeah, the, uh, that's, yeah, go ahead. That's interesting. You, well, it's interesting you say that because, um, like through the, you know, through the bulk of my career, you, you know, when, when skiing was, well, it still is my number one focus, but, <laughs> but through the bulk of my career, when I was skiing world and skiing events and that, I just, I had this, this personal mantra and, and I was, I held myself accountable for it. Um, was that every day I was going to do, I just had to make sure I did one thing that was feeding the project that was, you know, that was, that was feeding the big picture. Um, and, and it's like, it's it, when you move away from it, you're like, man, that was like really dedicated. But in the moment you're like, well, one thing, that's not hard. I'm gonna do one thing. So, you know, if that's, you know, I'm going to stretch for five minutes or if that's, I'm going to, you know, make sure that, you know, I have make good choices in terms of uh, nutrition or if it's, you know, I'm going to go to the gym today or I'm going to ski today or whatever. But if, you know, if every day you just do one thing, and even if that's a moment of visualization that, that, that feeds this, this feeds the the big picture that feeds the the overall project. Um, it's a really, it's a really simple way of ensuring that you, you know, steadily continually improve. Oh, and it is. And that these are habits that, successful people all around, whether it's sport or business or anything, parenting, any of it, that these are things that are happening more subconsciously than, than forced. So, you know, like one of the things I can remember in my, you know, uh, that I, that I always have done is that I'll look at a situation and I'll go, what, what, what would the best, you know, what would the, what would the best guy in the world be doing today? You know, what, when I, when I'm at the gym, you know, for some weird reason, uh, I, I, uh, I internally battle with Will Asher. I don't know why. I mean, I've never even worked out. (laughs) I never even worked out with him. I just always looked at him and thought, man, that guy's strong. He's probably dedicated in the gym. So I, you know, I'd be doing my lift and I'd be like, did, did I, did I push Will today? You know, or, you know, I would go out to the lake and I'd see that it was a little windy today. And I'd be like, well, you know, maybe in the early two thousands or whenever that was, or I guess, well, you know, like whenever, you know, everybody was running to it 43 and, and, you know, Parrish was killing it and yeah. Jamie Beauchene and those guys, you know, like, and Jeff Rogers, I'm like, I would think to myself when it was like, I'm like, what would they have run in this situation? I think this, and I'd set a bar and I'd go out and see if I could, if I could accomplish that, you know? So I just think, you know, another concept to go along with that 1% is you also need to think that you are a skier. You have to think like a pro. You have to think like that. That doesn't mean, or, or, you know, another way to, to bring that into something else would be, let's say you're, um, um, women's three skier from Arizona who wants to be the best in Arizona, right? Like, well, what is the number one woman's three skier from Arizona doing today? And, and, you know, when you go to grab that cookie, like, does that person go and grab the cookie or do they not eat the cookie? 
You know, is this every choice you make makes a plus or minus into your into your game plan. You don't have to be perfect. There's no reason that you only eat salad or you if you you know, if you drink alcohol, you can't not have a beer here and there. But the point being, like, you know, are you more or less working towards it or are you not? And these little tiny things make huge differences in the in the in the in the grand scheme of things. So. I like that. That just, yeah, like a plus minus scale. That's not bad. Yeah. That's a good way of being accountable without being completely neurotic. I, the accountability. That's exactly the word that I was looking for when I started that last rant. You know, it's like you got to make yourself accountable somehow, because if you're not accountable, then, then, then why would you hold yourself to a certain standard? Right. So, yeah, you know, and, and, and I do believe that, you know, I get a lot of people that are like, I'm a hack. I'm a hack. I'm like, well, you're a hack. What do you, well, you know, so when you can, do you, do you ski the course? Oh yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. So what speed do you ski at? Oh, I, I ski at uh, my top speed 34. I'm like, oh really? <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah, I run, you know, I can run 28 off, but you know, it's, it's not perfect. I'm like, you know, it, you're yeah, calling you're yourself a hack. <laughs> you're calling yourself a hack. And technically you're in the top 1% in the country. Yeah. Maybe the yeah. world, probably the world. I mean, probably the world. You know, we're, we're, we're talking, you know, so anyway, you got to start believing and thinking that you're, you're going to get better. You've got to believe that you can listen to spray makers and implement these things you have to. And how do we do that? We do that by having small wins all the time. And I think that's a, a really good way to set yourself up, you know, to, to think about, yeah, yeah, just make yeah. Explain, that. Right? explain that. Explain like, that. Yeah, explain those small wins. Like you're talking on water and off water. Everywhere, everywhere. Like yeah. small win, like like whether, like I know you just said that cookie, you know, like yeah. I didn't small say the win. cookie, small win. It's not a big Plus win. One. But if you, if you say, Trent, you know this, I want to win a pro tournament. Yes. How do yeah. I get from not winning Doesn't a work. pro tournament to winning a pro tournament? The gap yeah. is too big. So yeah. when it's too big, you're you're inevitably going to I want to be a rock star. Well, I need to learn how to play the guitar first. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. it's Small like wins. my first one would be like, can I play one chord over and over again? you know, or what, I don't know what it is, but you got to have small wins every day. You know, I, maybe I'm looking out there and it's, it's windy today and I'm like, all right, I want to run my, I want to, I want to try a tailwind opening pass and I want to run it. I ran it. Okay. Small win because I didn't think I could run a pass in that or what, you know, just, you, you want to have nuggets along the way. And if you're not picking those nuggets up, then you're going to be moving away from, from your goal. So set goals, you know, not goals, but try to try to make small changes every day, whether that be on the water, off the water, you know, whether that be, you know, going back in the spray makers episodes and, and listening to one you hadn't listened to, or, or re-listening to one that was really important to you, you know, just, Find those, the small details and the small successes. And if you have enough of those, you start believing in it and you, and the more you believe in it, the more you dedicate to it. And the more that you do that success compounds on itself. So that's kind of the, kind of the idea. Do you have a better, uh, do you have a better, I don't think I gave a great example of it, but do you have better no, examples? But, uh, but I, no, I think that's exactly it. And um, it, it is, I mean, just like anything, it's so much bigger than the act itself. And, and, and it does, it goes back to, 
you know, just that idea, if this is important to you, then just set yourself up for success by, by again, it's, it, it, it is the small details. Like I, you know, I look back to my most successful years and none of them were by accident. You know, every single day I would do something. And even if that was as simple as, you know, okay, I'm going to ski better Monday. If today I take the day off, there's mm-hmm. the, so, you know, so there's my one project for the day that's going to feed the big picture. Right. I don't, I didn't sleep all last night. Am I going to go to the gym or not go to the gym? Well, I want to make it, I'm going to go to the gym. Maybe I'm not going to lift as hard, you know, but like, what are the small things you can do every day that, that can, can help to cumulatively add to your experience? You know, I think it's a really interesting topic. So yeah, if you're interested, people, you know, really fun book, Atomic Habits. Very cool.